Hello, this is part two of the relationship between Zara and Andrew. In part one we heard um, Andrew explaining what was going on for him and what happened for him when he went to have when he went out and had an affair and, and uh, what's been the result for him in resolving whatever he needs to resolve with himself. Now we're going into part two and this is Zara because Zara was a person who was affaired on. She was the wife at home who, d- who didn't know what was going on. It's very interesting what the outcome has been for her as well. And it would include a little bit at the end with regard to their daughter, because their daughter in the background has played quite a significant role. She might not have known she was playing a role, but she was playing a big role. And she's being um, quite integral in, I suppose, the way this couple has handled this crisis in their relationship. Hello, Zara. Hi, Rob. How are you? Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. You've been sitting in the room while I've been talking with your husband and he's been talking very openly and honestly about the affair he had. And I'm sure he didn't say anything that he hasn't said to you before in the past because from what I gather you guys speak very, very honestly and very openly. What was it like sitting in the room listening to him talk about the affair? Um, I was okay. didn't bother me. I was comfortable with everything he said most of the time I was thinking about how is he speaking so well I now have to speak next I Uh can't really follow in his footsteps so I was more thinking about that but I'm completely comfortable with everything he said yeah you wouldn't have always been there would you oh no in the past I would have been triggered I would have been well I don't scream very much but um internally I would have been falling apart um yeah, would have been a lot of negative emotions. Yeah. A lot of negative yeah. thoughts. So where did they all go? don't know. I think I um, dealt with them. Um, I guess with the process we've been through over the last few months, um, I never thought I would be at this point that I would be comfortable talking about the affair, hearing about the affair. Um, and it just went away. I just... Mm. It didn't bother me anymore and I remember you saying that, um, you know, one day it won't matter and I thought, yeah, that day is never going to happen but here we are. Well, I'll give, you, I'll give you a hint. I didn't believe it when I said it and I did, I did believe <laughs> it when you said it'll never happen. It's <laughs> funny, isn't it? It is, it is funny <laughs> I, but, I, but I say it and I say it every time because when when people get whatever they need to get within themselves, that's what happens. And you're quite right. It is unbelievable, isn't it? It sure is. I never thought that would happen. So mm. It is a miracle. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Um, how's the relationship now compared with, say, three years ago? Amazing. Um, we can talk about anything and everything and we are very open with each other. Anything that comes up for either one of us, we would talk about it, even if it's uncomfortable. Especially if it's uncomfortable from what I gather. Well, yeah, especially when it's uncomfortable. Andrew and I are in a very good place. There was a time I would have said, when you get this, you'll find that the affair was the best thing that ever happened to your relationship and to you personally. Has that moment arrived? Yeah, I would have to say, yes, I, I never believed you. I thought you were just making that up. But um, 
definitely has been the best thing that's happened to me and and to us uh, relationship as well the growth we've had and the development wouldn't have happened without that affair let's go back to when you first found out about the affair why didn't you just say andrew on your bike get out of here you're gone i don't want any i don't want to ever speak to you again and i'm sure you had friends if you had have told some friends about that that that's the advice they would have given you yeah, that's very true. And, and since then, I have told um, friends um, and their advice was, uh, how are you still with Andrew um, with everything he's done? Why are you still there? And the reason that I am still with Andrew is because I believed in our relationship and um, I believed in the love that we have for each other and I wanted to see what what the future held in terms of what could be worked through that. I wasn't going to just throw that away. Um, we've been together for 28 years and that, that's a long time to just walk away without trying. I can recall the session we had when we'd been talking and it was always about the affair, there was this going on the affair and, and Andrew would be sitting there and saying how terribly he felt about it and you'd be blaming Andrew for doing having the affair. That was at the start, and I can remember the session we had when all of a sudden I realised, hey, she hasn't once mentioned the affair. This has all been about her. She's let go of that. She's stopped that. And then I realised that when I had a session with Andrew, he was doing the same. He was talking about himself, not about you, and not about the affair, and not about what an arsehole he was for having done that. And that's when I knew there was a real breakthrough coming, coming up. And then the emphasis went away from Andrew having gone outside the relationship and had an extramarital affair, and it really become about yourself. This is in our individual sessions we're having, mm. and it became about yourself and what you had to do to actually get to the spot you're in now. To be quite honest, and I can remember that, and I can remember you sitting there and saying, "Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen." And I remember sitting there and thinking, "I think she's right." I think she's right. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> and then come back the next day, next stage, and things were different. What was your background like? Because we went through that, and it was actually by no accident that this happened. When I, when I look back and see what your own childhood background was like, hmm, where do I start? So, my background is um, Indian and. Having a son is a big part of the Indian culture. When I was born, they already had three girls and I was the fourth child. It was hoped that I would be a boy. So I was born and I was a great disappointment that I was born a girl. Two and a half years later, my brother and sister who are twins were born and everything became about them. So all of a sudden I wasn't wanted. Well, I wasn't wanted to begin with, but I felt that not wanted pretty much at that point and I feel that was a big part of um, the issues that I had in terms of my belief in myself and self-worth and self-love um, and that's something that I'm still working through it's um, still there um, and then I guess I went through that and 
I guess the next big thing that happened was my dad having an affair when I was probably around eight, nine, something like that. And that continued for a few years. That was massive because I felt abandoned because he was a big part of my life, uh, as in like protecting me from my mum. I had a lot of issues with my mum. So when he wasn't around, I felt truly abandoned. And again, all those issues with self-worth and self-love, they all came up again. So then I've carried that through my childhood and through my adulthood as well. And that played a big part in how I felt about myself and how I saw myself. It's very interesting, eh? because as you're talking, you went back to not having resolved your childhood. And I just realised just how much change you've had in this whole thing because you're a different person right now. She's a different lady. But interesting, your father had an affair, so what did you do? You married a man who, what did he do? He had an affair. Mm, he was, um, by the sounds of it, he had two reasons to have an affair from you know, his adoptive dad and his biological dad who also had an affair. So yeah. Um, yeah. it was bound to happen. Absolutely bound to happen. And when you look at it, now that we know what was going on, it was certainly going to happen and it was perhaps it was meant to happen because, um, you know, I just realised how much childhood stuff, and you, we didn't actually talk much about your childhood, but how much childhood stuff you've actually resolved in going through this experience because there's been some really deep stuff going on. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Once again, you're brutally honest at times viciously honest. <laughs> yeah, sometimes too much. <laughs> yeah. And that's what has been necessary, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. So you and Andrew have been brutally and viciously honest with each other and you've done one thing that most people don't do. You've stayed. You've stayed there. You haven't run away. You stayed there and you, you listened to what the other person was saying because your listening skills are quite excellent with each other. Pretty sure your communication skills are good, and I'm pretty sure your yelling skills are good too at times because I'm aware that you don't get through this stuff without some sort of verbal violence anyway. Because you know, it must get very frustrating. Oh, really definitely, frustrating. definitely, bit of everything. How'd you handle that? Just did. Because if Andrew's sitting there and getting pretty angry and maybe, yeah, maybe raising his voice. How did you just stay there? Did you get frightened and want to run away? No, Andrew's never frightened me. I think I'm sure he's more frightened of me than I ever I am of him. Um, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> um, I, I think very soon you you um, understand that it's that he's not angry with me. He's angry with the situation with himself, and he's expressing himself. Maybe there are times when he was angry with me as well, but I had to listen and understand what he was saying. I and mean, that's a learned skill. That's not natural to sit there and listen to someone being aggressive at you. So That's um, what you did? Yeah, that's what I did because I wanted to know what was happening and I wasn't going to know that if I didn't listen. I wanted okay. to work through things. And mm. That's an interesting comment because a lot of people don't listen because I'm sure... They don't want to know. So they cut it off so they don't actually hear it. Because I know when, when uh, Andrew was talking before, he was talking very graphically and you were there and 
not flinching. So I thought, okay, yeah, they've they've talked everything. They've talked about everything. This this couple, I guess, quite right. You can say whatever you like, mm. and there's no holes barred. Yep. And you'll just stay there and hear what the other person's got to say. So therefore, do you get into the stage where you want to? Because when you're listening properly, do you get to the stage where you want to punish each other and hurt each other and find ways and blame and want to really kick? Aim, destroy, and get them. We did, yeah. I mean, I know I did. When I found out about the affair, I was brutal. I was a real bitch. Um, I would say anything and everything that came to mind, and would really, you know, tell Andrew where to go. I mean, it was. I expressed whatever was going on for me. I let it all out, but then you realise that that doesn't, you can't continue doing that. Um, that doesn't really work long term. But in the beginning, I wasn't going to hold back. and had to be let out. A lot of people couldn't do that because the other partner wouldn't stay and listen. Mm. But he stayed and listened. He did. He sure did. So you're quite right. If you're staying and listening, there's only so long you can go with that, isn't there? Yeah, that's right. I mean, you you do run out of things to say after a while because you know everything, you know, because you know, Andrew didn't hold back. Um, he was honest. Well, in the beginning he wasn't yeah. so honest, but once I knew everything there was to know, I mean, he, you know, he had to be honest and yeah. really we couldn't move forward without him being honest. So you know the gruesome details. I know everything there is to know, I think. <laughs> For me, that helped me to um, go, all right, I know everything, so now what are we going to do now? And then look at next steps. So if I didn't know, I feel I would still be wondering what was what had happened, what was the reason for it. So for me, I had to know. When you first found out, you must have had questions about yourself as are you worthy as a wife, are you good enough and that sort of stuff? Definitely. How did you handle that? That was tough because it brings everything into question, everything that you thought you had dealt with. They all come up to the surface and everything's raw. You question everything about yourself, um, even things you hadn't even thought about before all of a sudden become issues and it's, um, it's tough. Everything you thought you'd dealt with, like... Can you give an example of what you thought you dealt with and found out that you actually hadn't? Well, yeah, my dad's um, affair. Um, yep. I thought I had dealt with that. My dad's death, I thought I had dealt with. I hadn't. And then the issues that I have with my mum and my older sister, I also thought I had dealt with those, but nope, they were still there. Yeah, see, I'd say what you'd done is you'd, you'd learned how to cope with them. Mm. and you had good coping strategies. But in fact, when the press was really on, we had to go right down because when uh, Andrew had an affair, I think he went to rock bottom. And from there, there's only one way to go, and that's up. But And the only way to get out of, get out of there is, I think, is with being very honest and open with yourself. Mm. And although you're blaming him a lot, you're also, we're also taking responsibility in the beginning, I wasn't. In the beginning, it was all about blaming him. But as we went, worked through the process, um, I started to see what my contribution was, the things that I had been doing 
um, that I was responsible for that I wasn't taking um, responsibility for. So um, I think when you talked about that conversation that you and I had where um, I was talking about myself, I think, like you said, that was a turning point where I started to look at myself and things that were happening for me and then taking responsibility for those probably wasn't you know in the right frame of mind when I was talking to you in terms of I was angry with myself for those things that I realized had to do with me but um, I think that was the turning point. Well actually you were in the right frame of mind because that was the reality and in being angry at least you're expressing that and coming through because it was the right frame of mind you're in this frame of mind where you were just totally totally honest mm. uh, with, what was, with what was going on for yeah you. yep that's true I was angry with myself yeah challenging as hell though wasn't it mm, very very much so mm. I didn't know where you were going to go with that one but that's because you you know it's, um, but just it just come good mm. it just come good and that's I said it would just come good and at the time, I didn't believe it. I never do, but it always it always does. It's just quite quite amazing. I was just more in awe of it. How's your daughter? No, she's she's doing much better. Yep, yep. She's um, obviously starting started to see you, um, which she's already um, she already seems positive about that. So, um, her and I we've had. Um, some challenges in our communication and our relationship and I feel that that's turning around. We are communicating better. Um, we're being more open with each other. I mean, it's a slow process with her being a teenager, So, but we are working through that. Because it's been really, I guess what I'm sort of um, looking at now is your relationship with her has been very much in line with the relationship you had with your mother and older sister. And I can and it is getting better, but it really is it's quite lovely. Because she's you know, I get the feeling not what not not what she's saying, but you can feel it. There's there's a really huge uh, huge growth development going on there within her even now. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Definitely. I Good. feel like things are changing. I think what's going to happen is that you and her will become best friends. I hope so. I think that will happen because I reckon she's always picked up the difficulty in the relationship that you guys didn't even know was there. That's what kids do. In some way, she's probably been acting it out a little bit. Yeah, it seems seems to be the case that mm. she's known about things mm. before we've known about things or been aware of things that were happening with us. And we didn't think that you understood or realised. See, this is important because people have troubles with their kids and they wonder where the troubles come from. She's been reminding you of your own childhood. That's been her role. As you're now dealt with your childhood, she can let that go now. She's no longer needed to, to do that anymore. So I think things are going to really, really change greatly between, between the whole three of you. It seems to be going that way. This is to both of you now. One of the main things I use all the time is writing, getting people to write openly and honestly about what they're feeling and, and experiencing. What's the writing been like for you and, and what's been the result for you guys in doing the writing? I think it's been a big part of um, the work we've been doing. 
sometimes the writing has been frustrating because I know I've written sometimes seven, yeah. eight pages of writing and then felt like I didn't get anywhere. But it always seems to bring up things and sometimes even if it's one or two things and then that thought then develops, I guess you could say. Did you find it challenging? Very challenging. Sometimes it got very frustrating because um, it was sometimes a lot of writing and didn't feel like we got anywhere. I, I didn't get anywhere. Yeah. Uh, for, for me it was definitely challenging because there'd be times where you'd give me a task to, to write something about uh, and I couldn't write about the subject matter or I kept writing about something different. I kept deviating off uh, to a different point. So it was hard and I guess that the other hard part of that was writing something and then and then reading it out loud because that's when the emotions really hit uh, f- for us. They did, didn't for, they? For me, definitely as well. Mm. Yeah. Always felt different reading it. Do you use that tool now? I have occasionally and I, I, I want to do more of it. I guess I have been a bit lazy just doing it all in my head lately, but uh, I don't get as much emphasis from that compared to writing. So uh, I still do it, but not as much as I, I was when we were mm. working on stuff a couple of months ago. Yeah. And Zara, I saw you nodding your head. Yeah, so I, I still do the writing, especially when I'm frustrated about something or trying to um, understand something. Um, I write just to get it out of my head and try and resolve it or try and understand what's happening. And then do you read everything out loud that you've written? Uh, not always. Sometimes it's um, just about putting it on paper and out of my head. Yep. And just writing about it sometimes put thing, puts things into order or just gives me another um, a, a deeper understanding of what's yeah. happening. I'll suggest that you read it out loud even then. You can think about it. As um, Andrew was saying before, you can think about it. But when you write it, it's a different part of your brain you write from. And when you read it out loud, it's a different part again. So there's three ways of looking at it. Very good. Anything else you'd like to say now, Zara, before we finish? Um, just that I'm very grateful that you worked with us and helped us to get through this. Um, without your help, we wouldn't have been able to. So I'm very, very grateful that you were there for us. From my point of view, it's was really it's really great working with you because, and it, it takes courage. It really does take courage. I know that. Um, once you get going, it doesn't take much courage. But just to make that start, oh my gosh, it's so easy not to. Mm. I mean, yeah, a lot of times, um, yeah. I think we both said it would be easier just to walk away because it's just too hard. That's what and that's what most people do. Most people walk away for that reason. Yeah. And that's and then did you realise that the um, re-divorce rate's about um, uh, 65 to 75%? doesn't work so well walking away. Mm. Well, I think we might just leave it there and uh, thank you very much, both of you, for your time tonight. Good luck for the future and I'm, I'm sure you're going to live happily ever after dealing with problem after problem after problem. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> and by the way... Happy people are dealing with problems. Unhappy people are stuck. I don't see you guys being stuck anymore. Okay, okay thank you very much. Thanks, Rob.